welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Blue Marble Podcast, your source of current information about the climate justice movement, which is a moral and spiritual movement as much as an environmental or technological one. As always, I want to give a big shout out to all you eco-warriors out there who work every day to save our mother, this blue marble planet, with all its wonderful diversity and biodiversity. Thank you to all of you out there who are standing up speaking truth to power, calling for bold action, defending and protecting our sacred earth and the most vulnerable communities among us. Thank you for the good you do every day in so many ways. And I hope this podcast continues to educate and to motivate. Today, I'm really excited because we're talking about a fantastic new tool. It's, it's not totally new, but it's novel to a lot of us called Climate Action Now. And I have with me the president of Climate Action Now, Tim Guiney. It's really a special treat to have you here with us today. Thanks so much for sharing your time with all of us. Um, Tim, I want to invite you to just tell us a little bit about your story and what it is that brought you to Climate Action Now. I'll try and tell an abbreviated version. Um, I uh, have been an environmentalist for a long time. When I was a kid, my parents used to take me up to the boundary waters up in northern Minnesota and Quetico in Canada, which was incredibly primitively classified wilderness area. And I fell in love with that. And in 1976, I got a, I wrote a letter to Jacques Cousteau and I got a letter back that described the climate crisis and I guess I should say, in case you have young viewers, Jacques Cousteau was a very famous oceanographer who invented the scuba tank and he had a TV show on. And, but he described the climate crisis as scientists were thinking about it in the 1970s. And I had never heard of this and it terrified me. And being significantly older now, I've seen a lot of the predictions that those scientists made come true, sadly, in my lifetime. Um, and it really turned me into an environmentalist. So I've done a lot of, I, I like you, Charlotte, I'm a member of the Climate Reality Project. I went through mm -hmm. training with them. I'm the uh, legislative action director for the New York Coalition of Climate Reality Chapters. And I've been a volunteer with the Sierra Club uh, as a lobbyist. And I've uh, I run an organization called the Climate Actors. I'm on, uh, anyhow, I'm on lots of boards and panels and, mm -hmm. and, um, and I've done a fair amount of work in the environmental justice space. Um, and uh, I, there, there's a guy named Brett Walter, who's mm -hmm. a, a, a member of the Climate Reality Project, who's a Silicon Valley guy. I'm, okay. by the way, not. If you're listening to this and you don't know anything about technology, you're in the same boat I am. So Great. Brett um, is a, a guy from Silicon Valley and he has had a sort of storied career there. And he went to one of these trainings that the Climate Reality Project does with former Vice President Al Gore mm -hmm. and listened to Al Gore and had a sort of 
calling to um, deal with the climate crisis for the rest of his life. And he thought, how can I, what can I personally bring? And what he could personally bring was technology. So what he did was created the app that you mentioned. Um, and an app, in case you're like me, not a technical person, is, uh, is short for an application. It's a thing on your phone that like having Facebook on your phone or a game on your phone, or it's, it's a program that, that does things on your phone. So he created this app called Climate Action Now, which seeks to make it super, super easy for people to take action on mm -hmm. the climate crisis, to take thousands of actions in seconds. And um, because, you know, Charlotte, I don't know how you are, but I know when I talk to people about the climate crisis, often there's a fear to get involved because they think it's going to be depressing. And, and my experience is that the road out of that is through action. Um, Engagement. with this yeah. app, whether it's any other way. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but making people take the step into not just reading about things in the newspaper, which I just think mm -hmm. is toxic if you're not acting. And actually mm -hmm. stepping into action is tough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think what Brett did that was so brilliant with this thing is he created something that makes it super, super easy. I, I sort yeah. of say things other than who I am. But. Well, no, I, and uh, if I can respond there, I, I agree with you at first. I was like, what an app. I mean, you know, like many of us, I've been um, uh, adjusting to technology over the decades and smartphones are now like my entire life and office and everything. Um, and, and I've gotten used to what apps are, but what is, what is amazing about um, the sort of psychological motivational aspect you mentioned there is, yeah, it can be, it can be very challenging to say, I am going to take on the burden of knowing the hard truth. The hard, cold truth is already a lot to absorb. If that's all you think you can do, then that can lead to a feeling of disempowerment, powerlessness, hopelessness. And that's not where we want to go. You know, great climate uh, scientist Michael Mann says, do not go with the, the doom scrolling, the doomsayers. There's so much we can do. And what I love about this app is that you're learning about the issues while seeing what is being done. You're learning about the issues in your state, federally, et cetera, while seeing what people are doing to move the needle. So it's, it's both. You're getting, you're getting the activism as you work with the app. I, I actually so, think it's much more than just learning about what others are doing. It's allowing you to do those things. It's allowing right. you to take action because that's right. really where, you know, the, it's not just a self-serving freeing yourself from the burden of uh -huh. all this overwhelming stuff. It's delivering yourself into the space of being of service, uh -huh. which in my little tiny opinion uh -huh. is the reason why we're on the planet, you know? Um, yeah. And that's a noble, extraordinary place to be. You recognize uh wonderful parts of your human possibility when you step into action and when you step into service. And, and, and I don't think there's another way to find those things. That right. sounds overly grand, but I, but. No, I, I think so. I'm hearing service as a part of the DNA, you know, it's just, it, it kind of, it just kind of comes with you with a cup of coffee 
And I really resonate with that. And I think a lot of our listeners are resonating with that. But as you pointed out, what's the starting point? And how can I start to act without feeling overwhelmed? And most folks I know who are listening are multitasking. They're busy, busy, busy. So that gets me back to, again, sort of my second question is why an app especially is an effective way to do climate justice action and the way it's designed and how it works for busy people. So a lot of, as I mentioned, a lot of what Brett did in designing this thing was really thought about how to make it super fast. So Mm -hmm. for example, if you're trying to contact your senator uh, and you want to send them an email, well, there's no way anymore to send an email to your senator. You have to go on their webpage. And then once you get there, you have a form you have to fill out. And then you can write an email to them and send it. Well, the app, one of the extraordinary things the app does is it uh, automatically fills those forms out for you. And it gives you uh, an email text, which you can edit. You could make it totally your own, or you can leave it as is. So literally in the push of a button, rather than all of that other mishigas, you're getting stuff done so that it's not going to take the place of you going and visiting your senator or or your congressperson. It's not going to take the place of you protesting. It's not going to take the place of you voting. Please vote. Most important thing. It's another tool. And Mm -hmm. it's such a fast tool that I regularly, I've just turned it into a a kind of uh, habit. Mm -hmm. So when I boil my coffee water in the morning, I get on it. And I knock out 10 actions on the climate crisis before I start my day of activism. So it's a way of, of, and again, it's another way to connect. It's another way to keep learning. Um, And you will vastly increase your output to political leaders, to corporate uh, folks, to all kinds of people using the app because it's so fast. Yeah, and, and I was pleased to see all kinds of influencers, um, you know, business influencers, uh, policymakers, administrative people. Um, and I know that in, Brett and I in talking, he'd been inviting um, me to think with him about maybe trying to engage more faith leaders and faith communities in even uploading certain kinds of messages that other people could jump on. So there's, a, there's room for some development there. But I'm with you. I get up in the morning and we have our morning routine. And now as part of it, as I'm checking my AP app, Associated Press for News, I then flip over to the Climate Action Now app and I get I get actions done for the day and I can see what actions are coming through because I also get in my email feed. I think it's about every week I get an update on how many total actions have been done, how many trees were planted. And I'm like, wow, things are moving. And this is all about critical mass. It's about responding with critical mass so that uh, the influencers do hear from enough people to take the messages seriously, right? Yeah. And you just mentioned something else the app does, which is every time you take an action, it gives you points. And when you get enough points, we plant trees for you uh, through a a group called the Eden Reforestation Project. Um, And there's also a, gosh, we have a third party, I think it's called Green Circle who Mm -hmm. verifies that we're actually doing everything we say we're doing. So you can, and that's on the the website. So if you go there, you can see we're, you know, we're actually doing everything we're promising. 
So people are helping with reforestation as they use it, because my understanding is they're permanently planted and cared for. Right. It's extraordinary. What what Eden Reforestation Project actually does is, you know, it's not just chucking seeds on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) These are trees planted, uh, many of them in the developing world by subsistence farmers who will care for the tree for the lifetime of the tree. So it's it's a you know it's a very very real. Um, I think we all sometimes question whether uh, you know this or that uh, organization is really doing everything that it's doing. But this is uh, Eden Reforestation Project is fantastic in the work they're up to. So there's a lot of accountability built into the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just. You know, you mentioned a little bit, I don't want to totally lose your story, but what was your experience with climate activism prior to working with an app? And how does your experience sort of compare now that you're, you've worked across many types of different, you know, there's direct action, there's legislative action, you've mentioned through other kinds of media. And there was a certain amount of research the app did on settling upon Twitter, email and phone. And there's a reason maybe why you, uh, that was selected. Do you want to talk about your experience of activism on those different um, platforms or different modes of activism? Yeah, I mean, I all I mean, I've done all of those things, and again, as we discussed before, we'll continue doing all of those things. There, there's nothing this app does that replaces, mm-hmm. you know, uh, talking to your family about the climate crisis over Thanksgiving dinner. It's, it's not gonna fix you know, those incredible important things. Um, but what it does do is allow you to get out a much greater volume of work. That We had an extraordinary experience with one of our users uh, in New York and she mm-hmm. was sending out notes about various legislation to her, either her state senator or assembly person. I don't remember which New York house these people were in, but, um, and her phone rang and it was that senator saying, you keep sending me stuff. And so much of it is about um, legislation I hadn't even heard about yet. Um, and I'd yeah. love to talk to you. So the, the app actually was creating a relationship for her. You know, mm-hmm. she built and to my mind, you know, all lobbying is really relationship building and you don't get right. anywhere in lobbying unless you're building. Um, so that is an extraordinary thing that's possible. Um, I love the fact that, you know, sometimes I'll write actions for the app that are, you know, basically like an email I'm writing to somebody. And I know once I write it that a hundred people are going to send it, you know, or a thousand people. That's great. That's a crazy, crazy feeling. We've also, I mean, we've we've had amazing successes with the app, and and mm-hmm. you know, many things where we just know we're contributing, mm-hmm. we're we're helping the activists on the ground. But then there's some where we have specific. I mean, we had one this morning of um, an email that we had put together for newspapers. Um, in this one state where gas companies were really doing a big disinformation campaign saying you need mm-hmm. to expose this campaign. And we got a note from somebody who had sent one in and the newspaper printed it as a mm-hmm. letter to the editor. 
-hmm. you know, um, we, if I could, I'll tell you a success story I'm really proud of. We worked, there was a, a pipeline project called the Bihalia Pipeline in Memphis. Mm -hmm. uh, it was set to run over um, the Memphis Sands Aquifer, which mm. provides drinking water for a million people, a million and a half people, over um, through an area with more seismic activity than anywhere in the Southeast. Oh, good Lord. And and yeah. its terminus was going to be um, in an environmental justice community mm -hmm. uh, that already has cancer rates 17 times the national average. So mm -hmm. the last thing they need is more, you know, industrial stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic activists on the ground, a guy named Justin J. Pearson um, was one of, but their whole group of extraordinary folks fought very hard. We really mobilized, sent a ton of letters in did stuff. Well, the city and the county shut it down. They stopped the Bihalia pipeline. We were very, Yay. then mm. uh, four months later, something like that, in a bill about something totally different, uh, a Tennessee state senator slipped a provision in that said municipalities and counties cannot make laws that govern uh, fuel oil pipelines. Oh man, they're getting devious. And yeah. yeah. So what we did was we created a list of every mayor and county executive in the state and created letters that went out to every single one of those folks saying, you know, they're taking away your autonomy, your power, and your position. Then we ah. did that for every radio station in the state, every television station, every newspaper, and said, mm -hmm. look what's happening here. The, the law was so pilloried, it got watered down, and it did eventually pass, but it's a wildly watered down version that lawyers say, if they dare to try and enforce this, we, it'll just get blown out of the water in court. It's, it's a mess. So you know, that was one of those ones where we were able to respond really fast to mobilize people from all over the country. You know, there are things, there's, uh, there's a uh, fossil fuel byproduct called ethylene oxide. Yeah, ethylene yeah. oxide is used to clean hospital equipment. Mm -hmm. um, and it is highly carcinogenic. And mm. there are folks, um, there's some folks in Illinois fighting uh, some an, an ethylene oxide plant and storage facilities and that are just a couple of people really fighting this giant monster. And uh, we were able to come in and augment the power of what they're doing. Suddenly, mm -hmm. you know, folks are getting hundreds of letters. Well, and I just saw, and, and we were put a lot of energy into um, getting Michael Regan to pay attention to ethylene oxide. Yeah. In, in Verona, Missouri, um, he is installing air quality monitors in an environmental justice community there that's dealing with ethylene oxide. So one of the things to my mind that's also beautifully helpful about this app is we are able to bring uh, a lot of people and energy to situations that that may have a couple of activists on the ground, but are egregious situations that need energy and help. So um, 
I don't even remember the beginning of your question, but no, but it, to, to jump in there, you know, it's, I've, I've worked with Extinction Rebellion. I've also worked with the Sunrise community and, and they kind of mobilize tweet storms in, in a similar way around that. And of course, Twitter is one of the, the ways that people are able to respond on the app as well as email and phoning. So, so what I actually, love is, yeah, we, we actually pulled Twitter off because we had Anyhow, for uh, oh, okay, internal reasons. So we're not using Twitter okay. anymore. Got it. Okay. Um, but in that sense of you've got actions on the ground happening, whether it's legislation in development that needs to be challenged or pushed, you've got to push for something or boycotts, but there's activism on the ground feeding into um, this sort of critical mass response that's going to support and, and push the needle on the app. And so I'm hearing the partnership of sort of boots on the ground with what the app can do, which is the way legislative action should be working. It's great. Yeah, um, and we've actually mm -hmm. started doing what we're calling action parties, which essentially is a Zoom room with lots of people show up. We did one uh, on August 6th, I think was, was that August 6th? That seems a long time ago. Can't have been August 6th. September 6th, that must've been. Um, it's, it's October 1st. So <laughs> I, I know, I, um, but it was, it was with the Mountain Valley Pipeline folks. Um, and we were talking about the mansion side deal. Mm -hmm. And what we do at these action parties is people show up. So in that instance, the Mountain Valley Pipeline folks showed up and they talked about what was happening. And then there's a Q&A period. And then everybody gets on the app and we've loaded it with 30 things that you can do right then about this, that you can send emails to your senators, that you can, you know, that you can do the work that they're talking about. So it's not the thing that we've all gotten so terribly used to where you, you know, you go and you hear this or that great speaker, but you have no recourse to immediately take action. Um, and it's been it's just been fantastic. And on that one, we had, you know, um, great grandmother, Mary Lyons, who's uh, an Ojibwe elder and, and a hero in line three, who happened to be on the call. And uh, Karenna Gore was on the call. And anyhow, a bunch of folks. So there, there's a sort of, you know, building of community introduction from one community to another. Um, and it, it just been extraordinary. Now, how do those action parties happen? Because that's, that's a really compelling idea. And, and to put it in context, I facilitate a green faith circle every yeah. month. And we're also listening or, or broadcasting out to the, the green faith national community as well, which is trying to call community of faith together to form these circles and to do things like this. So how do Zoom meetings like that happen, which become action meetings in relation to the app that could be used? I, I am... It's it's funny because we've we've sort of just started rolling these out. Um, you know, I'm talking to Justin J. Pearson about the possibility of doing a monthly environmental justice one. Mm. So we focus on a different EJ community action thing every month and try and bring back the people from the previous month. So there's a cross pollinization going on. Um, if you had an idea, you know, you can get in touch with me. Um, right. But, um, you know, we're really trying to build it. Uh, yeah. And, and so that wasn't and a very it, good answer. No, no. But I'm just I'm just envisioning because um, it, it's kind of an exciting it's an exciting way to, to build even more synergy 
Um, so if you have a, like a monthly Zoom action meeting, anybody who's associated with the app could hear about it and get on it. Is that the kind of thing? Oh, okay. Absolutely. That's great. And That's even great. people who aren't on, well, people who aren't on the app, for example, joined the Mountain Valley Pipeline one uh, and then got on the app so they could take the actions and, and stuff. So gives an yeah. immediate response to something. Well, we look forward to hearing more about that. That's pretty cool. Uh, one of the things, let me ask you, because one of the things that I can run into in talking to people about digital activism, which really started to flourish during the pandemic, and as we're experiencing now, there are things that we've learned during the pandemic about the digital space that we want to keep. Um, it's helping to amplify message and, and in this case, build community and get critical mass. But people are still skeptical about the impact of um, or, or, or about the use of technology. You know, they're like, well, what, you want me to load a profile with my personal information? Who owns that? Who's going to see that? So help help our listeners understand the security that's behind the app. Yeah. So we have a user agreement when you sign up for the app. It, we do not have the right to sell any of your information, et cetera. So um, that, that's sort of as much as I could, you know, you have a contract, we have a contract with you. We're not gonna give your information away or sell it or anything like that. Um, you know, where, and, I, and this must be specified in that language, but where that is not true is simply, you know, if we're gonna automatically fill out the, the information on the website of your senator. That's why we get the information is so that we can make that process happen instantly. And in that, in those cases, when you choose to do an action, uh, you know, like that, that information would go to your senator or congressperson. Um, but that's why we ask for it. And, and it also then also helps to locate where you are so that apps that are in that regional area or state or whatever are the ones you'll pull up. In addition yeah. to the more global ones, you'll get ones particular to your area. That's right. And we, and there are actions that are built that are on a national level. There are actions that are, you know, county level, local, local town or village level. Um, so it helps us get you the right actions. Uh, another thing I've uh, that I've encountered that actually helps with those conversations around the holiday dinner table <laughs> um, are some of the video or you'll have you'll have uh, educational little actions like take a look at this new documentary clip or check out this new trailer or take a look at this little YouTube talking about this and that. And I've seen um, I, I know at one of our large gatherings this year, I saw people sort of, you know, sharing that with each other as a way to talk to maybe their kids about what's going on or to talk to their relatives. So some of those are uploaded too, right? Yeah. And there, there are things, you know, we try and keep, uh, I just uploaded a New York Times piece about the fact that they will sell more electric cars in China than the rest of the world combined that just came out in the Times. So put that up. You know, we try and get stuff up so the latest news is available. We put videos up from various groups. There are things not only addressing, um, you know, getting corporations to do the right thing, getting politicians to do the right thing. There are also lifestyle things, videos about how to compost and, you know, that kind of stuff is also mixed in there. Um, so everything is optional. Um, I, I like how Brett described it as sign on, do five actions a day. And if you think about your own 
as one of the kinds of engagement you can do. If you look back over a year and go, gosh, I did five times 365 actions on this app alone that spurred other things, I really am part of the solution. I really am part of the voices that are speaking up and doing something or incorporating these habits in my life and uh, speaking truth to power. I mean, it, it, it is, it, it's a motivator. Um, uh, I'm also thinking uh, that, um, you know, other people also want to know, well, how much are they going to charge me? Are going to be inundated with advertisements? I don't want to sign on to anything because then everybody's got, not, not everyone has my info, but somehow people are going to start marketing me and I'm going to be on every environmental organization, you know, that, that fear as well. So you've said you don't share information, but how, how is the app funded? How do you do all so the, the app, um, Brett Walter, who, as we said, started it, has just dumped his own money into it and dumped a lot of money into it. Um, Brett doesn't take a salary. I don't take a salary. I put a lot of time and energy into it. We have one um, young engineer who uh, does get a salary, as people should when they work. The software uh, engineer, yeah. Uh, and... Um, other than that, though, it's all free. And we have um, volunteers who write actions for us. We have, so that stuff is all done to keep the cost as low as possible. Um, there, there's, it's a completely free app to use. We, you will occasionally see things saying, hey, do you want to donate money to us? Or do you want to give, give trees to a friend or you know, those kind of things will pop up. You can swipe right past them. Um, and that has been, you know, the chief way that we have uh, been able to afford. And frankly, a lot of it's still coming from Brett. I mean, we are certainly not a company that is is making money and I will never see a penny. Brett will never, no one will see a penny, I don't believe. Um, but uh, it's really helpful if people have a few extra shekels and they want to toss those in. Um, so I, I don't know. And I don't know what the long-term financial viability is mm -hmm, to be a hundred percent candid. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's on, uh, it's on generosity that it's working right now. And it's on, um, you know, I believe in the thing and yeah. I, as I said, you know, we started out talking about uh, service being what we're here for. So, um, and I see it as an incredibly valuable tool to be of service. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to say to our audience, you know, take advantage of this now, because what you're hearing is that this is not meant to be, you know, a business model where there's a whole lot of certainty going forward. It's like, this is a tool that is here now. And the time is now when we need all hands on deck responding to things globally, locally, um, coming together, you know, and, and really supporting the movement. So take advantage of this now. I just want to take a moment to, and you correct me, because when you, you can download the app on uh, either uh, an Android through the Play Store or, or through an iPhone, through the Apple Store, it's free download. Once you download it, you open it, you go in and you'll see the agreements uh, Tim is talking about. And you enter profile information, um, which helps to locate where you are so that things can be personalized to you as, as uh, actions come up. 
And then also what you alluded to was in the responses, you know, I've put things in like, um, I'm a US veteran, I'm one of your constituents, I'm a healthcare chaplain, I'm also a podcast, you know, and like this, and it comes up at the top of every single response, and you can modify that as you want. But then um, I get an like same day response from every one of my legislators from news media outlets for everyone I send an action to within 24 hours, I will get an initial response saying, thank you. I received your message. And with all my legislators, I've been getting an actual response back from them every time, the same as I did when I made phone calls, um, you know, and again, so much of the, the, um, the activism research through the pandemic has shown that uh, being able to, to, I don't know what you call it, not, it's not crowdsourcing, but cram, cram the airwaves with digital activism is so very, very effective. And I'm seeing responses. Yeah, you, you mentioned something which I think Brett did that's brilliant, which is, as you said, there's a little kind of survey you take at the beginning, and you might say, I'm a, I'm a mother, and I'm worried about my kids, or I'm a firefighter and I can't stand seeing all these fires. And, um, but what that allows the app then to do is personalize the letters so that if there are 300 letters all going to Senator Manchin, they don't all look exactly the same. At the top of those letters, there's something very personal to you that's added on, which we feel like increases the effectiveness of, of, those, of those mass mailings. And it did just influence him. <laughs> well, I think things. a lot of us, I, mean, I don't know, know it I was know part of it. We, we have been speaking through spaces such as this, and he has been adjusting. So it and, does show us that pressure does matter. And <laughs> I was thinking this morning, if that little side deal was not brought out into the sunlight by the entire activist community, mm -hmm. He would have it would have gone right ahead, you know, and no. I am not in any way suggesting climate action now was no. a responsible thing. There were there were marches in Washington. There was all kinds of I mean, every environmental organization was working on this thing and mm -hmm. uh, didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. <laughs> Bless us all, though. Bless the community. Didn't hurt. Bless us all. Exactly. And and for our primary audience here, too, again, just the reminder that as, as one of my mentors, former Vice President Al Gore always says, this is not just an existential issue, it's a spiritual and moral issue. And being able to stay, for people who are worried about, I'm part of a church, I can't get into it because of 501c3, well, first of all, you're responding as a citizen. You're not speaking on behalf of, of your nonprofit. You don't have to worry about that. And on the other hand, um, it, none of these things should ever, ever, ever be weaponized as political issues. That is completely and utterly inappropriate. And all of my friends and activist colleagues outside the U.S. look at the U.S. and go, what the hell is happening in America? That, that something like the climate crisis or climate justice is being so polarized as some kind of political issue. This is uh, a fundamental moral failing on our part if we don't stand up now and say, we have to clean up our pollution mess in every way. We're literally killing ourselves and the planet off. We can't let this happen. So thank you for letting me insert that. <laughs> so the use of the app is free. It's part of all the voices speaking into this. Do you want to say anything about the newly passed Inflation Reduction Act here 
is that going to have any influence at all on the kinds of actions we might see through sure. this app? Yeah, uh, I mean, huh. the, there are a bunch of things that are very interesting about that act. The, the Inflation Reduction Act does a lot of good things, does some things that aren't so good, was not as big a thing as the as what we initially hoped for, but I think is still, and we have to remember two weeks before it passed, it was dead in the water right. and it wasn't going to happen. And um, it it is an extraordinary good thing that that it has passed. There are real challenges for environmental justice communities that some of that increased gas and oil leasing could impact places like Port Arthur, Texas, like Cancer Alley with, you know, the last thing they need is more uh, oil and gas uh, moving through those communities. And, the, and those are real things. And, because uh, I don't think it's an or, unless we're absolutists and perfectionists, we have to also recognize it is unquestionably the biggest investment in uh, climate solutions in the history of our country. And, <laughs> mm -hmm. lots mm -hmm. of ands. Uh, one of the problems with it is um, we actually had a, a couple of uh, computer people talking to Brett and I who said, are you going to pivot the app now? And we right. said, what do you mean? And they said, well, now that the climate crisis is solved. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I know. just getting the ball Wait. rolling. <laughs> Wait. And, and, yeah. uh, oh, oh, oh. and I know um, from talking to some environmental groups that uh, donations have been down since the IRA passed. And I uh -huh. think it's partly because politicians are going, look what we did. We've done, you know, because they don't want to have to keep working on it. They're hoping we'll leave them alone now. Um, but that's, that's not, that's not helpful. We, we no. have miles to go before we sleep. Um, so yeah, we need to get the momentum going. This we've is just get getting the momentum, the momentum going. going. And there are also, there are also yeah. things like there states need to take action. States need to take advantage of the money that federal government is offering. They need to get involved and, and do the work. So I would imagine there will be uh, actions about getting your state level reps to really take advantage of, of this. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, th there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, two years ago, the if you bought an electric vehicle that saved the average homeowner $700 a year in fuel costs, well, it's probably double that now. But, but even in saying things like how fast you pay down the expense of that car, given these sudden federal rebates, mm -hmm. that's a much, much quicker thing. Anyhow, so there's a lot of adjusting that has to happen because we are in a different landscape, but, but one again that requires us all to keep moving as a moral duty. Right, and, and we've, we're all being told um, we have a window of opportunity here to be as proactive as we can possibly be. And the window is like eight to 10 years max. And so it's I like, think we the need the window to is through November 8th. Oh, yeah. 
this particular window and it's a gauntlet. And so, hey, that's a good segue into your goal of the one, what is it? The million messages campaign, the, the million actions goal. Tell yeah. us about that. And then about 2023, you plan to keep going, assuming you're still here. With we do. Um, we had a goal of, of seeing if we can't get to a million actions by the end of the year. We are at I'm making this number up. It's somewhere around 760,000 actions that have been taken on the app. That's what I saw um, this week. Yep. And uh, wow. we will see. We may or may, it's funny that IRA thing we were just talking about. We had a little dip after the IRA passed. Um, the momentum seems to be rebuilding. If you're on the app, something you can do is tell your friends to get on the app. Um, and then we will. Uh, depending on the goal, I think we're get, we might try and double that next year, but I don't think we're totally solid on what feels, uh, we want it to be challenging and doable at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. but even that thinking about people doing 760,000 things, that's extraordinary. Yes. That's is. an extraordinary thing that this community of people, and it, again, you're not giving, you're, you're giving up five minutes a day or something. Max. Thing, Max. You know? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's it takes no time at all. You can do it at a stoplight. I'm not encouraging people to look at their phones while driving, but you know, um, you do it at a stoplight if you don't read it, and if you're not really, you're just going, yeah, I'm going to do it. If you really want to read through it a little bit, okay, 15 yeah. minutes. But you know, it's uh, it's all good. It's all good. So, so the do you think that you're going to get to a million actions? I don't. I remain hopeful. I remain hopeful. I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, cause I'm thinking when we were at the mentor training together earlier this year, what were we at? Were we at around 500,000? Probably. If even that, like that. Yeah. it's gone up to 750,000. I, I think, I think by the end of the year, get there. Certainly if, so. people, if people realize this is not time to sit back and go, Oh, Hey, yeah, I've done it. There's nothing more to say. No, there's no. plenty more to say. And right you know, now. the terrible, What's happened in Pakistan? That uh, mm -hmm. what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico and in Florida, mm -hmm. and, and the fires in the West? It's um, mm -hmm. it is not over. We have a lot of a lot of work to do. You know, Gaia is speaking, or as we've heard said many times before, Mother Nature has a loudest voice in the room, and uh, the pl the planet's working to balance. You know, working to you know, balance. Years ago. <laughs> I, I'm an actor is what I do in my, my real life, my real life, my, another life that I had. Your other professional life. <laughs> uh, um, and years ago, I did a movie called Sweetland, which was about uh, farmers um, in Western Minnesota, uh, kind mm -hmm. of around 1920, something like that. And I remember we were out harvesting corn and I remembered thinking, how hard it was to harvest corn, like how actually tough it is in a pre-mechanized environment to do that. Mm. And thinking about um, everything my ancestors went through just so I could be here today. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm shooting in uh, Utah, in Moab, mm. and there mm. are these extraordinary uh, monoliths these giant stones just sticking up out of the ground and i i don't know if this is going to make any sense to anybody but it's what i've been feeling lately 
when I look, because you look up at these things, I, it's like looking up at your parents when you're a child or something. And I, mm -hmm. I have been thinking a lot about um, this business of what my ancestors went through, so I'm here what all of our ancestors went through so that we're here. And I don't think they went through everything they went through for us to be wimpy in this life. And what they went through allowed me to be here. And, you know, our real choice is a choice of complacency, which is participation in genocide, which is a provocative word, but a genocide. Yeah, an ecocide, or of being of service to future generations, to the animals, the plants. And, and that is the moral calling, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, things like Climate Action Now, or however you go about taking action, um, is a fulfillment of that destiny. And is an honoring of your ancestors, who mm. uh, I think are probably very proud of people who are taking action. Um, and I, I hope your audience is is uh, I, I'm I'm speaking to the converted with a lot of them. But if you're sitting there and you're wondering about it, you're wondering about stepping into action. Please try, because it will foundationally change your experience of of living your perception of your own possibility, your perception of your own goodness. And it will be a gift to, uh, to not only to the world, but to yourself. And so the end of October, I love what you just said, beautifully said and, and very moving and coming up at the end of October, which is when this particular podcast will be aired for the first time. I'm inviting uh, listeners to think about how so many nature-based religions in the turning of the wheel honor ancestral spirits, honor land spirits, honor, honor um, animal spirits, and, and honor those who have come before us and those who will. And one of the best ways you can do that is really putting your faith into action by this very easy way to get going. If you haven't done it before, and if you're already doing it, very easy way to augment what you're already doing is just download the Climate Action Now app, start using it, check it out for yourself and tell other people to use it as well. Would you like to have the closing word, Tim? <laughs> Only if I can think of a good one. Sure. Um, I, you know, I, I just thank everybody who's, who's, um, who's doing the work, mm -hmm. you know. It's um, it's funny. We've both been to these climate reality trainings, and the mm -hmm. great joy for me, the great joy, not only hearing Al Gore or Catherine Flowers or whatever great mm -hmm. folks talk. The great joy is always opening the door to the ballroom or wherever it's taking place, and seeing five hundred people or a thousand people or two thousand people, and the recognition that you're not alone. Sometimes mm -mm. this work can feel very lonely, but that there is a community, there's an ocean of people that you're part of. And growing. Um, and growing. And um, I, I would just, I guess, close by saying I'm 
the great joy in my life is to be in the community with other activists. So I'm really thankful to everyone who's listening to this, who, uh, who does the work and steps up. Wonderful. Well, folks, that wraps up our time for this installment of Blue Marble Podcast. Thank you to our audience for listening. And thank you again, Tim, to our special guest, President of Climate Action Now. New Blue Marble podcasts, they um, air live on the third Friday of every month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern times. You can always download past Blue Marble podcasts on the CSNP network. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash CSNP, or you can follow on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash CSN podcasts. Once again, I'm your host, Reverend Charlotte Bear. If you value what you heard here today, please share this information with others and be well. And thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcasts, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. <laughs>